This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Welcome back to the podcast where we talk about practical ways to live well, do good, and be happy. And I think we're all looking for different ways of doing things right now so we can settle into this new kind of normal. Definitely lots of feelings and emotions going on in this household. And we we got away, we quarantined for a full two very strict weeks, and then we took a little break away to uh, Central Oregon to uh, hang out, hike, read, sleep in. And it was so good to have a change of routine. And it was so relaxing. But while we were on vacation, uh, I got an email. My Wi-Fi connection had been spotty up there. We were in the high desert. So I wasn't getting a lot of coverage, which is great. I also wasn't checking a lot. But when I finally got through, um, I got crushed with a whole bunch of emails from work and, and friends and other things going on and I was dumping most of them in the trash or go scrolling through when I realized I had one from our school district and like millions of you I knew what I was gonna say I expected it and still I had to sit quietly for a few minutes and take a few deep breaths to avoid freaking out after I got it what the email said is that school was going to be done remotely at least for the first term uh, and perhaps beyond. So we were going to start school late and go into November um, through a remote online system. And my daughter's going to be a freshman in high school. So this, you know, not only meant some loss because I was remembering what high school was like for me, the good and the bad, and and recognizing that her experience would not even be close to the same, which truth be told, I probably wouldn't have been close to the same anyhow, because who has a similar high school experience, you know, 35 years after their mother. But I also recognized that my work life was going to continue to be different. Um, that working at home full time when my daughter's doing remote learning was going to be a, a different experience for me too. My husband is working remotely these days too. So I felt a little loss and a little sadness. And then I felt a little stress, like, okay, how are we going to do this? What kind of setups do we need? Um, what kind of computers, all that baloney. And the very next thing I thought is, well, how is she going to learn? 
how am I going to learn to know what I need to do to get get through this? I've got to grow and expand too. So this isn't simply about the teachers needing to get this up to speed. This is a challenge for all of us. And I want to make sure that uh, we create the learning environment here for my daughter to learn, but also so that I'm learning and growing and getting my stuff done during this quarantine. Um, it's been hard to write. It's been hard to read and do those things early on. But now this is the new normal we're going into. And I want to make sure that I'm still expanding and growing as well. That's what we're going to talk about here today. We're going to talk about learning strategies for all of us, adults or kids, and how we can come together now to use this next a bit of time, whatever that looks like, to really get the most out of our virtual learning experience. And here's a little side, you know, I've been taking more classes now. Uh, I'm taking a writing class online. I've given one online. Uh, I've taken a podcast class online. I'm taking ukulele tutorials online since all this began. And these practices has really helped me to uh, do some fun things, some interesting things, and keep me from losing all my marbles. But learning online, virtual learning is dramatically different from any other way I've learned before, right? Most of us did not uh, grow up with computer learning. Um, and yet, my daughter's better at it because she's more familiar with the technology and because she's had exposure to computer programs virtually since she started. Um, so perhaps the leap is just going to be a little bigger for me, but I want to create a household environment so that I can learn what I need to do to get my work done and so that she can actually enjoy learning and retain what she's getting uh, before we go back to in-person school, which I'm hoping at some point we will send her back to school because I think the social education is important for all of us too. But the good news is there's a lot of data that shows flexible working practices can increase our productivity, ease our stress, and really find ways of learning that help us to grow and get the information we need, right? We can really customize our learning routine. And all of us learn differently. Some are, my daughter's a real wiggler. She's got to move. She really needs to talk things through. My husband, he needs to try things out. I'm a, I'm a reader and thinker and ponderer. And then I want deep discussion about, we all learn differently. And with the remote learning curriculum, whatever it is, whether it's ukulele classes or podcast classes or algebra one or writing, we can customize our own learning routine to really be successful. And that's what we're looking at here. You know, this is what it is. I'm beyond worrying and freaking out about it. Now I'm just looking for ways and strategies that I can use, that our daughter can use, that we can all share so that we are successful and not so freaked out about this. And there's a lot of research around this right now. I'm going to share some of it with you today. Um, the one thing that we know is while technology is a huge benefit in a lot of ways, it's also created a society of some lazy thinkers. And I would count myself among them, right? We often ask a question. And before we even ponder the answer or explore the thought or through discussion or our own thoughts, we're on Google searching for the answer. New research by Gordon Pennycock and Nathaniel Barr indicate that Google 
is providing the answers to us even before we think through the questions or problems ourselves. So we're out of the habit of challenging ourselves and thinking through things and arriving at our own conclusions. We have to be able to think through understand and process information, use our executive function to organize and be on the ball to know what questions even to ask. As I've said before, I think the quality of our lives is determined by the questions we ask. If we're counting on Google to both ask and answer our questions or solve every problem, we're not developing the skills we need to get through the ups and downs of life. So as we go through this process, before you start looking things up or getting the details, prompt yourself, ask the question within your mind's eye or even aloud, and then circle through some of the answers that you come up with before you talk to anyone else or before you pull up Google, right? Challenge yourself to arrive at some conclusions that make sense to you. So to create an environment where we can all learn and grow and explore no matter what the circumstances are, it's important that you pause before you search. Ask the question, ponder the question, explore it in your own mind's eye or through discussions with others, and then see what you can come up with and maybe get some ideas from Google down the road. Another thing to think about as we go forward into this new learning opportunity for both adults and kids is to start by talking over your goals. What is it you want to learn? What is it you want to accomplish? You know, with ukulele, my goal is is to have... uh, fun to learn some chords, to learn some songs, to get better at uh, strumming and those things. My goal is not to get a grade, not to pass a test, not to learn a certain curriculum. I just want a few little steps. My goal when it comes to my writing class though, is I want to learn structure. I want to get better at structuring some pieces I'm working on. I want to enhance my skills. So the way I approach those two remote classes, those two online programs are completely different. I know what my goals are and self-directed and remote learning is a little more loosey-goosey. And by loosey-goosey, I mean, I can wear my sweats and a t-shirt, right? I can do those classes right when I wake up. I don't have to climb into a classroom desk and hit a locker beforehand or be there at a certain time for the classes I'm taking. Your children, they may have specific goals as determined by the school. But whatever it is, sit down as a group and talk over the big goals. What do you want to learn? What kind of help do you need to do that? Tutor, better online access as far as equipment and so forth. Quiet environment, a good chair, music. If some people like to learn with music in the background, do you need books or new pencils? Are there strategies? If you are fidgeting and restless, if you're that kind of learner, do you need to take breaks uh, every half hour to get up and walk around for three minutes? Talk over your goals, evaluate the kind of environment, the kind of strategies that you can use that will help you. I will not be helping my daughter with math. Um, A tutor or online subscription program might work best for that. Contact with her uh, algebra teacher is probably going to be of great essence. We have learned since spring that she prefers to work out on the dining room table where there's a little more action. My husband and I are walking around from time to time, getting a cup of coffee or whatever. She didn't do good in the quiet of the bedroom. She got too restless and unfocused. So our big goals are we want to learn the material and 
get good marks because that's an indication that we're actually processing the information we need to know. We want to have fun. Those are our goals as a family. So we're going to create an environment so we can all explore through our own online classes and create the quiet and the space we need to meet those goals. We've already talked about it. We're talking about it still. And this as a parent has really helped me because one of the things I enjoy about summer is that it ends, (laughs) right? I get my workspace back and I get my quiet hours back it's going to look different now because we will all be working from home and so uh, part of the loss I felt is is that I will no longer have my workspace but knowing what our goals are and the family knowing that my goals need I need some quiet time uh, to get the work done and to, to write my papers in these classes then has helped me to relax I know we're all on the same page. We've all evaluated what we need to make this work and we're going to figure it out. Then when you're getting down to the business of learning, ukulele, uh, I'm taking a class about writing essays. Before I start any class, before I'm trying to learn anything, even if it's a conversation with a client, when we're talking over and I'm trying to learn what they need to know, what, what they need me to complete for them, I ask a pre-question. Decide before you get into the conversation or into the lesson what you need to know. Researchers writing in the Journal of Applied Research in Memory and Cognition found that those who considered what they wanted to get out of the webinar or video lecture ahead of time found it easier to remember the information from those lessons going forward, right? So if your student is sitting down to watch a video uh, lesson about the solar system, take a minute and have them look at the material they need to answer or the paper they need to write ahead of time. What is the question? What is it they need to know? Then when we go through that video learning, we have that question in mind and it's easier to identify the material and remember the material. It sticks. It tends to stick as we go forward and even after that lesson. For me, when I'm taking a ukulele class, before I I turn on the video lesson, I will say, okay, I want to get better at transitioning between the C and D minor chord or whatever it is, right? Whatever the lesson is for the day. So when I go into that lesson, I'm really keen on that information. And I've found that it truly does work. I've had a much easier time remembering that uh, even after the video is off. Another thing I really practice a lot, I really encourage my daughter to practice is distributed practice. Now, in the olden days, um, the prehistoric era, when I was in college, you know, our study technique was to start studying about seven o'clock and stay up all night, eat pizza about three in the morning and just keep on going, studying for the test before the next day. Man, not so good. That doesn't work. And I can't stay up past eight o'clock anymore. So I'm a little out of luck. But distributed practice is a technique and research shows an extremely powerful way to learn. A paper published in Psychological Science in Public Interest looked at a variety of different learning styles and researched them. And they found that distributed practice, which is a fancy phrase for not cramming, Instead of filling your head full of material all in one night the night before, you distribute that information around. You study shorter amounts of time more frequently, right? So you distribute your study sessions. When we load up on info in a single session, most of that information is lost after a couple of days. 
We can't remember it. When we study bits of material consistently over time, we tend to retain it. This could be really helpful with your middle school or high school student when they learn a lot of material and then they have finals at the end of the semester or trimester, right? Have them stay up on their studies and give 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day going over the material distributing their study sessions and they're more likely to remember it come time for the test. Our piano does, teacher does this too. She would much prefer that our daughter and my husband who's also taking piano practice 15 or 20 minutes a day than three or four days a week for an hour. She said we learn more in those shorter snippets of time and we're more likely to hold on to the learning, which is really what this is all about. Practice also makes a difference when it comes to learning, but not necessarily repeating the same steps over and over. In a study led by Tom Stafford at the University of Sheffield, the people who improved the most and learned the most while playing an online game were the ones who spaced out their practice sessions, right? Both groups practiced the same amount of time, were explored different aspects of the game early on, but by experimenting a bit in the beginning and then spacing out their practice time through that distributed practice technique we just talked about actually held on to their learning easier. So what they found would happen in this experiment is everybody sat down and started playing the game and studying how to win and how to do well in the game, right? They, like all game players found the tricks and looked and explored different aspects. I, I went golfing earlier and I know that if I hit it down on the right side of the fairway on hole number one, I'm going to have an easier time hitting the green. But I've learned that after playing hole number one a whole bunch of times. So when we play initially, we're just taking in all this learning, right? We're learning different tricks and different facts and different information. So when everybody started that way, it was only by experimenting and trying different things in the beginning and then carrying those things over through distributed practice time over time that learning was actually optimized. We get better. In the beginning, we need to be able to ask different questions, to explore different avenues of information, uh, look at different things. And then we find the one that is relevant to the project at hand, to the lesson we're learning, to playing the ukulele or the golf game, right? And then we hone in on that practice through little swatches of time, a half hour here or there in the days to come. We are able to optimize our learning and actually perform better. So, you know, these sound like fancy techniques, but it's really not. It's about sitting down to the lesson, looking it over, questioning yourself, would it work like this or does it work like this? What's the best way to write this paper? How can I access this information? And playing around a little bit and then coming back at it during the week and tweaking it a little more. I do this a lot in writing. I throw up my initial version of the article or the chapter and then I come back over every day and look at it and say, oh, I could change this sentence or I need to learn this information to put in here. And in the end, what I have is a solid piece of work, but also a real comprehension and understanding of the topic at hand, which is really what learning is, right? 
A couple of things to keep in mind. Take regular breaks. Whenever we're studying anything, kids or adults, we need to get up and walk around. Computer screens wear us out. They make it hard for us to focus, especially if we're doing hours of Zoom classes. So encourage activity in yourself, in your own life, and for your child. I really encourage doing chores here. It gets some stuff done around the house and they're really uh, physical, right? If she gets up and does a vacuum or does the dishes, we will go out on the back deck for a few minutes. We'll take many breaks to check in with friends or eat regular meals and move our bodies. And then we come back down and, and sit at the desk and get back to work. You know, use social connection to your advantage. Your social connection is super important to managing moods and it's no different for our students. You know, it helps uh, stay connected to other people, makes us feel better. We're less likely to be depressed. But students who study together or participate in learning forums where they are regularly discussing the lessons at hand tend to get a lot better grades. They tend to be more engaged in the class and feel more part of the group, which is also positive. A couple other things to keep in mind, and this is different than what I was taught, but highlighting doesn't help. Highlighting does not help. So if you find these passages that are really interesting to you and you want to remember that information, the best way to remember it is to reread and summarize that information to yourself, either in notes or through your own thought patterns. Those are more effective than actually highlighting the important material as you go. So Go over the spots that you would think would be most important to remember and reread them and pose your pre-question. What do you want to remember about this passage as you go? Um, that's going to be uh, more productive for you than actually highlighting things as you go through the books. Okay. Finally, turn off your phone. Turn off the devices except the ones you need to study with. We ask our daughter to turn off her phone and put it physically separate from her while she's studying. I do the same when I'm on deadline because if it's in front of me, I'll respond even to turn it over. I leave it out in the other room. A study from University of Illinois evaluated a group of teachers and found that those who had good boundaries with the always on technology, like keeping their email alerts turned off, keeping their phones off or silent during work hours, felt a lot less stressed and they performed better. So your kids want their phone closed. Heck, we want our phones closed, right? We want to be tapped in. We don't want to miss anything. We like the distraction sometimes, but it's actually stressing us out. And that gets in the way of our learning. So keep the phone separate from you. Turn it off. Keep it quiet during your hour of study. Anytime you're working or needing to retain or perform well on a task, Separate yourself from the technology, except for the technology you need to write or use for the class. It's important to give yourself some space, and it's important that you help your loved ones do the same too. It's pretty hard to learn when our brains are fragmented in many different ways. Finally, get creative, right? This is a different time for all of us, but it doesn't have to be a bad time. We've got enough to worry about without making school more stressful and more intense than it already is. We'll figure this out because we can learn. 
right? All of us. And get creative. There are lots of ways to do this well. We will get better at practice. And our kids are probably way ahead of us. But for the things you have to do for work and your own learning, if you're finishing your own classes or working through work programs or finishing projects, this is an opportunity to get better at learning and using the advanced technology, which we're all going to need to use going forward. And think about this as a way to hone your soft skills. Companies want people who are innovative, agile, adaptive. This is a perfect training ground for that. Those are the people that are going to go forward. We'll get through this. And how we approach our learning opportunities will set the tone. A couple other things to consider is use music, play charades, bring in video games, drawing. Make sure there is some elective attention, the arts, a language in your day and in your child's day. Because it's through those video games, through the music, maybe you play charades for the young thespian in your mix, where we engage in our lives and where we start to process and translate our world. So make sure that while you're learning and studying the science and math and and English of it all, that you are also building in the arts because the arts teach us to create, to be innovative thinkers, smart problem solvers. Have a karaoke night, right? Or practice different languages while eating dinner. Talk in different words. Get your kids cooking. They can learn fractions or practice fractions that way. We can link our lessons together, not just to learn the material, but to enhance our lives. And that's really the opportunity we have now. Like I said earlier, when I first heard that our daughter wasn't going to be going into the freshman year I had imagined to her, I had to sit back and laugh because her experience, no matter, would be different than mine. We didn't have technology. It was a million years ago. Let them have this experience and we can create our own. You get to set the tone. That brings us to Simply Nifty segment where I talk about some of my favorite things. And today, one thing I'm really thinking of in my own life, the work that I'm doing and with our daughter, is to find the contribution component behind each lesson, right? We feel better when we know what we're doing is making a difference, when it has a purpose in our life. I'm taking a writing class now and it's leaving me inspired and motivated. I feel great. So then the next part of it is considering how I can also use what I'm learning to help others feel connected and inspired. We are healthier, happier, and less stressed when we live a purposeful life and one filled with meaning. There's lots of science behind this from Michael Sager at Colorado State University and others. So find ways to make a contribution to your family, but help your family members feel that sense of purpose as well. For example, my daughter made us a batch of cookies earlier this summer, and I had her make a double batch, so she had to practice her fractions. She had to do the math to figure out how many ingredients, how, how many, how much sugar, how many cups of sugar and all those things she would need. And so there was some math wisdom and shared around, but when she made the cookies, they were so good and they just lifted us up. It was a fun thing and she felt so accomplished. Create lessons or opportunities in the lessons that you or your family members are learning so that you feel that sense of purpose and everybody will do better. All right. That brings us to Simply Start. We're getting closer to the school year now. Some of you I know are already starting, but set goals for each day or each trimester. What is it 
you want to experience in the learning? What is it you want to learn? What is it you want to take away from the experience? And how do you want to feel when you're in it? For you, your student, your family. Set the tone. Learning can be fun. Even now, we can find our way through this. And there's a great opportunity to do so. So if you have tips or tricks that are making school easier this time around, let me know. You can tweet me your thoughts and ideas at PL Campbell or find me on Facebook at Polly Campbell Author. I'm open to your ideas. We'll share them with the listeners. There's great opportunity for us in this if we use the time we have to learn and grow. So let's avoid criticizing and judging other people. Everybody's doing their best to get creative and adaptive. And in the end, we might just create a generation of people who believe they can do and learn anything. So can we. Wouldn't that be great? I think if we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Yes.